Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect on Rise FM. This is the session with our life coach, Tom Russell, in the house. I am Scott Saunders, and uh, wow, first of the year, Happy New Year and all that stuff. Right. You uh-huh. know, we've had a chance to recover a little bit from just a long weekend. Um, we're going to jump in today and kind of start preparing for Love Month. We have to help Tom remember his anniversary. <laughs> so Tom is older now, so we are actually starting early and starting this process off in January. But we're going to start with a, a very broad topic Am I prepared for marriage? That's right. So my anniversary is in February? Uh, that's what the rumor has it. Yeah, Kathy's already started texting me and saying, hey, you want to remind the old man that um, I expect something on February 14th. So, yeah, we will. Um, oh, we'll, 14th. 14th. Hey, this there's is... your second hint. <laughs> So yeah, um, we'll uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll keep reminding you of that, (laughs) and uh, we're going to dig into just the idea of am I prepared for this concept? We dive into God's word as we always do to start the session. Psalm one twenty seven. Tom, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. A strong, lasting marriage must be based on a relationship with God. What we're going to be looking at, if, if the theme is we want the Lord to, to build the house, if he wants to build our family, then his will, his word, his provision in us should help us be prepared to offer ourselves to our spouses every day. If the Lord's going to build the house, there need to be some things in that house. Yes. And that's what we find in the passage where we're going to spend some time today in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whoa, you did it. That's a long one. Against such things there is no law. I always found that phrase interesting. The writer chose to say, against such things there is no law. That to me is kind of like the Captain Obvious. Well, of course, all these things are good things. Why would there be a law against them? Right. And Yeah, so if Paul wrote that, maybe a possibility is that how do those fly in the face of the pharisaical law the, and how things had to be so prim and proper? When you look at it, joy and peace, I wonder if there was a Pharisee that was actually joyful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just can't see, you know, I just can't see somebody being sentenced to five to ten for uh, joy. Right. You're yeah. much too joyful. We can't have that on the pharisaical board. Um, you're going to prison. You're yeah. too kind. <laughs> 90 days in jail for you. You're just too nice a guy. we got to toughen you up a little bit. And so I think that's why there's no law about those things, because 
they're evidences. They're actually character virtues, maybe, that come out of a person. There you go. You said the word, character. But the fruit of the Spirit is... Okay, so if those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which means they are the, the, they are the characteristics of God, how can we make a law against them and claim to be Christ? Uh-huh. If we are little Christ, which is what Christian is, how can we create a law or how can we fight against the very things that are the nature of God? And can you imagine how the Pharisees and the Sadducees must have been having a fit about that because they couldn't control those? Oh, yeah. How can you legislate that? Yeah. And here's going on in... <laughs> You've only got one more thing of forbearance, and then I'm coming after you. <laughs> there, that's forbearance in itself, isn't it? <laughs> coming out of the Pharisee. All right, All right so, so we're going to dive into this now and start with the, just a, a basic question, Tom. Am I walking closely in my relationship with Jesus? And that's where we begin to start, Scott. I've used the example, and I still firmly believe a foundational piece of it is when Paul talked about communion in 1 Corinthians 11 to the people of Corinth, he really laid it out this way, that we should examine ourselves. If there's something that we've done or had against a person, we should take care of that before we enter communion. So it's about a, a way of self-retreating and self-evaluation and how am I doing? And then when I am have taken care of those things, I'm now ready to present myself in communion and receive the wine and the bread, however you want to look at it. I'm now ready to receive that. Well, that is so powerful in marriage when I have worked on me. The greatest control we have in marriage from a clinical perspective is me. You have some control of your spouse, well, maybe even less. <laughs> well, that all depends on how long you want to be married. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so very little control of your spouse. <laughs> and maybe some situations you have some say in it. But the one you have the greatest power on is what are you doing with yourself? How are you preparing yourself for marriage? And when you prepare yourself and your spouse is preparing their self for marriage on a daily basis, they're working on their things that will make the marriage better, and you're working on things that will make the marriage better. You have a marriage that has potential and growth, and particularly when we begin to unpack, how does the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us, impact marriage? Well, we're about to find out. I think we should. <laughs> let's but dive you, in. You'd never ask, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's start, Tom, with the first uh, fruit of the Spirit, love. Paul begins with love from the Greek term agape. This famously described as selfless love or an attitude that considers other people more than ourselves. How am I sowing this in my walk with Jesus? The whole idea of am I showing agape love? I think one way to look at that is an others first mentality. And when you have that in marriage, your spouse's interests are more important than yours. Now you're giving. And if your spouse has the same other's first mentality, your spouse is giving. When we have two givers in marriage, it grows a marriage. So on the session today, we're talking about, am I prepared for marriage? And we're basing that against the Galatians 5.22 and the fruit of the Spirit. The second one, Tom, is joy. So true joy is a response of delight to what God delights in. It requires a person's heart to be tuned to the right values 
And so when we talk about it, joy, we're talking about how we feel because our God gave us eternal life through his son so that we know our eternal life is taken care of. There's a certain subconscious joy and peace that comes from that compared to, you know, in the world, we are going to have tribulation. And in the midst of it, it has an impact on our happiness. And so when it does that, the problem with that is you don't always feel so joyful when (laughs) the crick is rising. That's exactly right. And and leave me to be the master of understatement. (laughs) (laughs) There was an artist years ago who sang for New Song and then went off on his own name, Russ Lee. And he did a he was at a concert and I was doing the radio thing beforehand on stage and he came out before me and he said something you need to know about me right off the bat I'm one of those happy Christians and I just want to share joy all around <laughs> and I'm standing behind him okay now here's Eeyore standing behind <laughs> the you know the masterpiece of joy and I'm like oh this is not going to go well <laughs> so yeah and that joy it is a response right which leads me to a question that we just don't have time to answer, I don't think. Is that an emotion? I asked you this privately about another right. avenue of life, but are these are these things that we're talking about, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, are these emotions or are these responses to stimuli? I think they're, they're responses to emotions, or maybe you could put it this way. They help create emotion. So as an example, because if you have peace of mind, how do you feel? Okay, you'll have joy. Right. And you, if you have joy, how do you feel? <laughs> okay, you're leading me, Trey. You're trying to get no. me to say it'll lead more toward I will be able to expect, I will be able to express love easier. Yeah, and so see, because the joy is in your life, as an example, you are going to have emotions that are created because of it. And so, specifically, is peace an emotion? You know, I'm I'm not sure that, that we would say it, but it may be an outcome of how we feel. But then we look at how we feel. If if we're feeling pretty stable and good, an outcome of that is peace. Is peace. Okay. And speaking of peace, that is number three here. Why not? Having the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit in me helps me process life in a way that shows peace. Well, that would speak to Eeyore. I was, yeah, that that sounds like we just did a full circle. (laughs) Having the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit helps me process life in a way that shows peace. Yeah. And so that are, are we... Is the glass half empty or half full? Half empty. Yeah, see? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And so when we talk about peace and for processing life with a calm waters inside, where does hope fit into that? Hope's not in this list. We're in, don't, <laughs> don't distract me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh we'll get back to you later folks we Scott well, and I have a conversation here we'll talk more later okay so all right so so peace is something that is that proceeds out from just like we were talking about with joy just a minute ago right okay all right so we've got love joy peace now 
forbearance is a word that we might understand better as patience. I agree. Okay. Yeah. All uh-huh. right, so we're talking about being patient here. Now, <laughs> okay, so unpack patience as a uh, fruit of the Spirit. Well, and does the condition of my heart show patience and an attitude of forgiveness? So with the Holy Spirit in us, and I, and I think what's really powerful about this is, I, I can probably say it several different ways, the relationship between forgiveness and patience, there are people who have struggled to forgive, they're probably not very patient then also. It's just my observation. But here's the thing. One of the reasons we should really be focused on forgiving is because Jesus forgave us. I was. I figured you were going there. Yeah, well, you know, that's probably a pretty good place to hang out, too. <laughs> well, you know, and just like patience, too. I mean, how patient has God been with us? For sure. You know, yeah. in, in all of the mistakes we have made, right? And he continues to be patient. He continues to love us. He continues to forgive us, and we can't forgive one little thing. Exactly. Some would say it shows the degree to which we've received our own forgiveness. You know how powerful is it that you know when we think about what Peter said that we will receive the grace from Jesus when He shows. And we will have that, because of that grace, we will have life eternally with him. Well, if we're not connected there, if we're not doing something about that, if if that's not important to us, how much have we received his grace and his forgiveness? So when we do receive it, we should pass it on to others. And that becomes really important. And, and, they, and that kind of can express itself as a peace, as a joy. Right. And it kind of goes right back up the chain to everything else we've talked about. Okay. So we've got love, joy, peace, patience. Now there's kindness. And kindness is really important too, Scott, unless somebody pulls out in front of you <laughs> on the road. <laughs> no. The kindness goes out the window right along with a few other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, ki- the, the lack of kindness is how certain appendages being used in inappropriate ways are expressed on the highway. Are, are you referring to the single-digit sign of fellowship? That's exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not that it's ever been expressed at me or I have expressed it. Um mm. No, uh, I can guarantee you one you do not want to express it to is an 18-wheel driver. Oh. You get one of those fellows riled up, and I'm here to tell you, they will come after you with 18 wheels of vengeance. Oh, my gosh. That's a little scary thought. Uh, well, yeah, because I did it. He cut me off. Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later, too. Uh, yeah. Okay, kindness. Unpack that for me before I dig the hole any deeper. <laughs> I like the hole getting deeper. No, I'm kidding, Scott. <laughs> yeah, all the farther to throw me in by. Kindness is selfless. It's compassionate. It's merciful. It's greatest power revealed in practice to our enemies and amongst the least of these. So kindness is great. Did you hear that? See if you heard what I heard, that kindness is best shown and practiced with our enemies. I beg your pardon. You want me to what? (laughs) With my... Look, yeah. it's all I can do to hang on with the kids, and you want me to do this with my enemies? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, how how serious and sad is that? They think, I don't want to. Let me tell you about so-and-so, and, and you want me to 
show kindness there? And God says, let me tell you what my son did on the cross. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that might have something to do with it. (laughs) Which, again, how deeply have we received that pardon for our lives? See, I'm hearing that a lot, Tom. A lot of this goes back to how we deal with the relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Which goes back to what you said in the very beginning, that we have to deal with things within ourselves first before we can then start dealing with them with a spouse. Exactly. That's part of the preparation. And as we call this the foundation of marriage, if you don't, there's not going to be a foundation underneath the house. Now, I have a pretty good idea, Scott. If there's no foundation, it's not going to go very well. That's called a house of cards. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Just ask most people in Washington, D. Anyway, no expression about the government now. All right, so let's move right on. There are some additional thoughts from Timothy Keller I want to unpack, or you put them in the list, so I'm assuming you want to unpack them. Well, yeah. Let's let's start with the idea of goodness. In the Greek, the word goodness means an uprightness of heart and life. And, and so when we talk about the Greek for for goodness, well, what's uprightness? Well, you know what? We're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and and we are maturing in a way that is is very healthy, and we have a heart and, and desire of what's important and what's valuable. It shows up, and so I think reading between the lines there, one of the things that's so powerful there is hope. We tend not, and. I guess I am okay saying the Eeyores of life sometimes struggle with hope. Yes, they do. (laughs) I've been at the meetings. We talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one, faithfulness. So it's lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships, especially marriage and friendship. A wedding ring is a symbol of unending love and faithfulness to each other. It also has been said to cut off your circulation. Especially when you get older and fatter and forget to change the ring and upsize it. Well, yeah, and it also keeps you off the streets looking. That looking for trouble. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and did I ever share with you what message I have in my ring from my wife? Keep this on or else. <laughs> <laughs> on your, it's actually on your wedding ring. Here we go. Let me find it. It says, you are mine. Don't get any crazy ideas. <laughs> it doesn't really say that. Over hill, over dale, our love will never fail. Yeah, Real romantic there. It really does say, though, 214.75. She wanted to make sure I remembered it was going to help you remember that anniversary no matter what. Right, right. There you go. All right, so as we're running through the the fruits of the Spirit, we've gone through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Okay, last two. Let's see if we can get them in here, Tom. Gentleness. Gentleness, showing the kind of care and consideration that God in Jesus Christ has shown us. And i got to say this, being gentle feels good. It doesn't take a lot of energy. In fact, if anything, it might be energy-producing. The fuzzy bunny. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're you're gentle, you're sending a s- subconscious message of love and care and importance. And that can be energy producing. I would assume that that, that kind of a... I, I think of petting a puppy. 
Uh-huh. But when I think of gentleness and the puppy's response is to lick you. That's right. You know, and I just think of it, it, it would release the kind of little happy oxens and osens and tosins and toxins that <laughs> make us all feel better about things. That's right. Yeah. All okay. of those. All of the above. Uh, yeah. All right. Now for the one that we are, that well, probably, uh, what? Before we leave that okay. one, the puppy. Yes. Finley was just like that when he was. Yeah, six except, and eight. We, yeah, except Finley weighed 45 pounds at that point. Well, yeah, now he weighs 75 pounds. He still wants to jump up on my lap and lick me in the face. I, When I come home from work, the first thing I have to do is take him in the family room, sit on the couch, and let him jump up in my lap and, and sit there and be snuggled for a bit. And if I don't, he he's 75 pounds, and he will stand in front of me in a way that I can't move. He would make a great defensive guard on a basketball team. Dino on the Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Taking Fred out. Yeah, okay. All right. Last one. Self-control. Here's the one. This this hits all of us guys right where it hurts. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so the active effort we put forth to resist the attacks of the enemy with God's help. Let's not forget that Christian psychology would define spiritual warfare as every moment in time is claimed by God and counterclaim by the enemy on the battlefield of the mind. So we can have a great moment and immediately the enemy will attack it. We might think, oh man, that was a great word we just heard. And the enemy will say, you really believe that? You really think that's true? Who want to put doubt in there? So we want to be aware. Uh, and I've said it before. I, I learned it as a young teenager from my pastor. There are only two camps. It's either from God or it's not. You mean there's no gray area in the middle? Not that I, I'm aware of. So, you know, some want to say, yeah, well, there's the flesh. Well, I want to say, where does the flesh come from? Which camp is the flesh in? You know, we have that illustration scripturally, I think, in the, in the story of Lazarus when uh, the rich man Lazarus and then the beggar sitting out front. Mm-hmm. Or no, Lazarus was the beggar and then you had the rich guy. Uh-huh. And both men died. Mm-hmm. And you have Lazarus in... Abraham's bosom, I believe, is the description, and you have the rich man tormenting in hell, and the rich guy says, "Have and I find it interesting that he can see across the gulf. Yeah, send Lazarus over here with a drop of water, and send, and he's told, no, that can't happen. The gulf between us is too deep. Yeah, you know, we can't. There is no gray area in between where we can meet in no man's land. And for that rich man, that is permanent. Yeah." There's no changing that. How would anyone not want to receive the free gift of Jesus Christ in their lives so that they don't have to go through that is beyond me. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. So last thing, against which there is no law at the end of Galatians 5.22. So there is no law against doing these things. Why? (laughs) Why would you put, I said it earlier when we started off, why would you put a law on on, on doing the right thing? Exactly, right. I, that's the part that I, I still, that's one of those things, you know, in my little brain, I want to ask Paul, why'd you put that in there? What was going on at the time you wrote it right. that you felt that was necessary? Well, and maybe that was just the MO of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They it could wanted, be. They wanted to govern everything. They wanted to, to demonize everything, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. sounds kind of familiar today. All right. So Tom, we made it through it. I was a little worried at the beginning. Yeah. I wasn't sure. But we got through all of them. 
which is, you know, for us, that's a major accomplishment. These, this used to take us three weeks. That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so I got Sherry's email. She'll be really happy we made it through. <laughs> so let's talk, Tom, to, to someone tonight who is maybe thinking about marriage. Maybe the proposal was made over Christmas. Right. That's very that's, possible. That's a very common thing now is to, like, you need any more pressure at Christmas with presents, you're going to add a proposal to it. If you did, God love you. Yeah. Hoy, I mean, I'm nervous enough about did I do all the right things. Now I'm going to add a proposal on. But if you did, congratulations. I hope. Um, yeah, yeah. But now comes preparation time. Exactly. You know, are you really ready for marriage? And I'm sure at some point over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the concept of prepare, which is a premarital counseling program you have and you right. utilize but in the meantime if somebody wants to start a conversation about am i really prepared for this yeah how can they get a hold of tom and start a conversation well i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com thank you for joining us for this session you can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.